Hello and welcome to the Who's Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're delving into the world of Target novelisations once again. And uh, this time we're doing well, one of my favourite stories anyway. It's Doctor Who and the Sea Devils. So we'll be talking about that a bit later on. But first, let's have the news. And, um, well, we start off with one thing which I must admit quite surprised me. And it's the um, interview that Chris Reckleston did with The Guardian. Uh, sort of like in the last couple of days. And it was more to promote... Um, he's in Hamlet at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. As I understand, that's what the, really what the, the article's about. But it went on to sort of other um, things that he's done. Obviously, Doctor Who came up, and he's been a bit more open about this now. And um, it was quite shocking what he, what he actually said. So basically, saying that Doctor Who more or less could have sort of like killed his career. Because um, he goes on to say that the after he did the show um, and left, and he said that you know they, he, he gave the BBC a hit, and then they practically blacklisted him. And his his sort of agent said you better go to America to earn a crust because no one's got, basically no one's going to touch you with the barge pole over here. Um, I was I am quite surprised he's actually said this. Yeah. Really, because he's actually he's always been sort of quite sort of private on his reasons for leaving Doctor. He doesn't say what his reasons were, and I can, I think the, it's always been sort of mooted. It's it's more to do with the fact he didn't like the way the you know, the production was going and how the staff were being treated, yeah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but to actually come out and say this, I, I find quite surprising. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. You do wonder when they pick their times to to say these sort of things when they're promoting something. Yeah. Particularly something that's not necessarily a... that they're, they're trying to, you know, encourage interest in. Yeah. That this has probably made this a much bigger story than it would have been had to... Uh, had he not mentioned anything? Well, maybe, maybe it's all about. Um, yeah, the actually, we certainly wouldn't have been talking about it if he had. Well, no, exactly. We we wouldn't have been, would we? But apparently, his, his, his agent said to him at the time, "The BBC regime is against you. You're going to have to get out of the country, and wait for regime change," which is why he went went to America. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's just it's just really, really, really peculiar. Really peculiar. Why, you know, sort of why? Why now? Um, but he also goes on to say about uh, working on films like GI Joe and um, Thor. Um, and he said, you know, he's working on GI Joe was horrendous. He just wanted to cut his own throat every day. Um, and Thor, it was just it was just a gun in your mouth. Um, but he did go on to say um, working on God in sixty seconds was a good experience because Nick Cage is a gentleman and a fantastic actor. So, <laughs> which. <laughs> And if you've seen any of Nick Cage's output lately, so yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I know it's, there's not a lot we can we can discuss about it really. It's just the fact it sort of made it, it sort of made headlines again. Yeah. Um, after all this time, um, and it was sort of quite sort of quite telling, really. Yeah, you know, maybe the BBC did feel that they, that they sort of he dropped them in it by bailing out after one 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 you know one series. Maybe I, yeah, I don't, just know. don't know. I don't know, but yeah, once it's a hit, then surely it's not really. 
Well, I mean, it really became a hit when David Tennant took over, really. But yeah. I mean, I think I think you know a lot of people um, sort of quite anti Eccleston because he because he left after one series. But I think you know he set the well, he laid the foundations, didn't he? Yeah. For what was to come? Yeah. You know, so with, you know, with with a more modern Doctor, and yeah, I, I'd always you know I've I've enjoyed um, I've enjoyed what he's done, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm enjoying it when we're doing the retrospective, which we're sort of fall back into on the next episode of this podcast. But uh, yeah, I've always, enjoyed, you know, I always have enjoyed what he did. It, it you know, it became must-watch television. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got no problem with that. Yeah, I'm just a bit surprised that he's sort of decided to come out and say that now. Really. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But um, I say there's not much we can discuss about it. It was just sort of it was a bit sort of newsworthy, really. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, now moving on to sort of sadder news now, and um, it was as we recall today, um, Sir Ken Dodd, um, you, you should remember, he was the toll master in the 1987 uh, Sylvester McCoy story, Delta and the Bannerman, has sadly died at the age of, uh, well, the ripe old age of 90. Um, it, yeah. It's not a surprise, but he had been ill um, for some time. He'd been, he'd been in hospital recently with a, a chest infection, hadn't he, or something. Um, and yeah. he was looking a, a bit frail, um, but apparently, yeah, he, he passed away. I think it was actually last night, um, but it was it was announced today. Um, all I can say, is it, it's, I suppose you could say with his passing, it's sort of like an end of an era. It is. I think he's the last of the real variety act comedians, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he certainly is. I mean, um, we've, I think after Bruce Forsyth passed away last year, um, I think it was it was left down, <laughs> really left down to Ken Dodd to just sort of like you know keep the flame burning, um, but now unfortunately he, he's left us as well. Um, but I mean, it, he hasn't been on television a lot recently, is he? Um, I think he, he no. still tour, he still tours, he was still touring the theatres, yeah, um, up to not so long ago, and and put and on very very long shows, was wasn't say, he? And his shows weren't getting any shorter. No, no, they certainly weren't. I mean, I've, I mean, I've sort of spoken to people who've seen him, um, and they had to leave before the end because they would miss their last train. He, he just kept going. Yeah, you know. Um, I, mean, I don't know. So, someone, someone said on Twitter today that he was supposed to die in nineteen eighty when he was when he was eighty, but they couldn't get him off. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that that just sums him up because he he wouldn't he. he I think he was one of those old troopers who would yeah. really give, if he had an audience, a paying audience in front of him, um, he would give them value for money, yeah. and then some. You know, and and they, you know, they really don't make make them like him anymore. They they really don't. One of the things actually reading the, the stuff about today was he died in the same house that he was born. Yes. I, he never left. He never left Naughty Ash, did he? No. But not. Yeah, you know, I can understand it. I mean, I, I know he sort of did, but you sort of thought he would have. You know, mo- most people would make when they when they become rich and famous mm. would at least move to a bigger house or a a nicer house or whatever. But no, he 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 just remained. You know, in, in in the place he grew up in, which is amazing, really. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I think that's probably what what endeared him to people so much, really, because he 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 would always. Um, I've, I've 
sort of read so many things about him today, um, and they sort of say, you know, after after a show, he still kept, you know, events be doing an interview, and he just kept going telling jokes. Yeah, you know, he, you you couldn't he couldn't sort of switch off. He had, you know, he was the constant performer. Um, I know we sort of we we talked about that. He, he, he was sort of like, he, I mean, he was like one of the was it um, was it Tears? He, he did a few songs, didn't he? Yeah, and, and they was like sort of um, massive hits in the day as well. I think it's only the like Beatles, and yeah, Tears for Souvenirs, things like. And it was only the Beatles, I think, that outsold him that year for Tears. Yeah. It was the biggest selling single of the year, um, which is absolutely amazing. So I think you know he hasn't been on television a lot in recent years, but I mean, back in the day, he was on the radio, he was on the television, he was in the theatres. Um, he he, he oh, really worked hard. Massive, he really massive did. Star, massive. Star. Yeah, he was absolutely massive. Um, and of course, him, him being in um, Doctor Who, I think was met with a little bit of derision back in the day. Uh, I think especially by the I seem to remember by a lot of the hardcore fans, but. He was only in it very, very briefly, but I thought he was rather... He fitted the part well. Yeah. Um, and then just sort of... He, he didn't... How can I put... He, he didn't sort of put so much of a... Too much of a comedic spin on it. No. And he and he met a, a bit of a grisly end, shot in the back. So um, I think he played that rather well, to be honest. I've got no complaints about his performance in Doctor Who, to be honest. I'm not just saying that because you know he died today, and we were sort of looking, you know, with you know, rose tinted glasses. But I, I think yeah. he was he was good in the part. Yeah, definitely. So, and I sort of forget he was in Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet as well, wasn't he? As uh, Yorick. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, he's he's. <laughs> he's, no, I mean, and he, he's, and he's, he's had such a varied career. That's the thing. And, and he was someone that was just interested in humour for its own sake, wasn't he? Yes, yes, he was. He certainly he was, was. Supposed to have basically read nearly every book he could find on the subject. Yeah, he li- he just, just lived just for it, didn't he? Of it, yeah, yeah. The workings of a joke. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I suppose the things he's probably most famous for in recent memory is doing like the uh, the an audience with. Yeah. Um, has he done two? I think so. Yeah. Is he the only one they've actually asked to do two as well? I got, um, got a funny feeling. Oh no, you you sure. would have had um, Dave Medner. Yeah. Has done two. Yeah. So I think to be asked back, I'm quite sure he did two. But it's always seen as quite an honour if you are if you are asked back to do a second one. Um, yeah. They're not they're not quite so um, so popular in recent times, are they? An audience with they seem to have sort no. of well they've they've run out of people like him basically. So yeah. you you let you left with like an audience with take that for crying out loud. So yeah, yeah. but the, the oh, other well. joke of his that was tweeted was basically talking about uh, being interested in you know the the workings of humour and what makes something funny and whatever. Yeah. And apparently was on Parkinson and said, you know, you can tell a joke in, in Glasgow and it'll get loads of laughs, but it won't get any laughs in Birmingham. So Parkinson says, why is that? He goes, because they can't hear it. <laughs> oh dear. There's been a lot, there's been a lot of things like that traits around the internet at the moment. Right. He's some of his best gays, but... Yeah. Of, course, of course, one of the reasons why he didn't move house could have been that he'd have had to have moved all his money. Well, yeah, there was the infamous inland revenue thing, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. 
But um, yeah, I've, I think just sort of like something like that he says at the end of this article here. Um, it's sort of that, I mean, say that became part of his act, the holding down revenue thing. And, and he's, yeah. we said earlier on about his reputation for not being able to leave the stage. And actually, he said, Some of you are optimists. Um, he tell his audience to start the show, you've booked your taxes for half past 12. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's quite true, actually, because he would just go on and on and on. So, so, uh, so farewell to a real legend there, an yes. absolute legend. Um, now, unfortunately, we've got another. Um, person connected to Doctor Who and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right so please forgive me if I get this wrong um Dulka Niredzik um I hope I get that right um has died at the age of 60 now I think she actually died in February for somehow reason or other this is this has passed us by and I do I do seem to recall um what um at this popping up on social media um but she was on 30 episodes of Doctor Who um and she was the um predominantly makeup artist um, and her first story was um, on the Leisure Hive. Uh, what, what, I think what, it was to make Tom Baker look old, um, which was a really good makeup job, actually. For its day, it looked fantastic. Um, and I think probably better than some aging makeup you see today, to be honest with you. And apparently, she yeah. achieved it for a mixture of makeup, prosthetics, and, and hair pieces. Um, and she also worked on the on Logopolis and she designed the Watcher. Um, as well, so she worked on um, sort of nine, was it nine stories between 1980 and 1988. Um, but she also worked in films as well. She was on like Elizabeth, The Golden Age, Duplicity, The Boys Are Back, and Shoot 'Em Up as the says the personal stylist for the actor Clive Owen. So um, and she was awarded a, a BAFTA in 1995 for makeup on Cold Comfort Farm. And in 2000, she was honoured a BAFTA, uh, a special BAFTA, for a contribution to the industry. And then in 2004, um, she was awarded the MBE for services to drama. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I, th- I th- you know, if you think about what she'd done, especially go back to that that makeup job she did for, on Tom Baker in the, in the Leisure Hive, um, she she was really sort of like really a, a very very highly regarded makeup artist. I'm yeah. very good at what she did as well. Um, so, uh, but she was wearing things like Last of the Summer Wine. Uh, there's no aging up required there, I, I think. Um, Top of the Pops. Um, the things like East End, there's only Fools and Horses, and Yes, Minister. Right. So it's quite a varied, um, sort of varied, sort of program, program, um, sort of she was working on there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but, um, so I say, at 68, that's, that's no age at all, really. Yeah. But what I can say is, well, it's quite a quite a legacy she leaves behind, anyway. Yes. So, so uh, anyway, so um, now moving on to actually, some. Sli- well, no, oh, yeah, sorry. Actually, yes. Because it happened, I think. I don't think we. I think it is just after we last recorded. We haven't mentioned the sad passing of Peter Miles. Oh no, we haven't, have we? Um, no, you're I right. No, it was that- literally the day after we recorded. Our, our last podcast. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yes. Uh, oh my God! How can we forget Peter Miles? Um, I, yeah, I mean, that we forgot. I think it was just the fact that suddenly realised that we hadn't in it hadn't been last in our last one. Yes. Um, yeah. No, you're right. It was that I think that the day we released our podcast, yeah. it, it happened. Yeah. 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 Oh dear. I yeah, mean, Peter just, Miles. Just, just basically. I mean, we've seen it three times, but. Will I think more than anything be remembered for 
Genesis of the Daleks. Oh gods, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, Nida was such yeah. a such a character. It really was, um, and he's also resurrects that character for Big Finish as well in, yeah. in the I Davros. That's where I first heard it. Um, and because only he's, he's, you know, in advancing years, he, you know, even then, um, he appeared to make himself sound like he did back in 1974, like a, a younger Nida. Um, really, really, I mean, brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. I mean, I forgot I mean, he was I mean, in. The- I mean, to, to be to be playing a bad guy. Against in Doctor Who against Davros, and be probably the most chilling person in it. Yes, is, is quite an achievement. It is. It really is. I mean, it, sh- it shouldn't be understated that at all. Actually, it really shouldn't. Um, yeah, he was. He was just so sinister. Um, yeah. And you think about the other character he played in Doctor, usually uh, professors or doctors. It was Dr. Lawrence in The Silurians and Professor Whitaker in Invasion of the Dinosaurs. And then he, he crops up um, like a year later in Genesis of the Daleks. He's one of the most iconic characters ever. Um, I think it's ever appeared in Doctor Who. As yeah. you say, he, if, if, you, if you can remember him as much as you can remember Davros, yeah. or Michael Wisher as Davros, um, yeah, he's, he's doing something <laughs> very, very right there. He really yeah. is. So... Um, yeah, so the grand old age of eighty nine as well. So it's uh, yeah, I, I, I feel terrible for, for forgetting all about it. Actually, dear oh dear, well, it wasn't so. It just literally was. It just suddenly occurred to me. Oh, that actually no, we didn't. It was. I know it's a couple of weeks ago, but it was literally just. I think after we recorded, we finished recorded. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, here, here's to you as well, Mister Miles. Here's to you yes. as well. Okay then. Right now, um, what I was about to. Um, say was the um there's another blu-ray um dvd release coming up um but this yes. is for yeah now this is a i must admit caught me caught me by surprise season 12 it was which was tom baker's first series is getting a collector's edition blu-ray um release now this has quite surprised me because i didn't think it was possible to put anything recorded on videotape onto, onto sort of high definition but apparently it's been restored and um, upscaled to HD by um, Peter Crocker and Mark Ayres. Um, now apparently it's going to um, it's going to be released on the 11th of June um, in the UK and the 26th of June in the US. Um, I wonder why they've picked this. Are we going to get any more seasons with uh, with an upscaling treatment? I wonder. You wonder whether. They had a lot of stuff that they could do as extras for that season. Well, I do say there's, there is a wealth of bonus content Yeah. on this new release. And um, from that point of view, they may have decided that that was a good one to do, to see, yeah. to see what the, the feeling was towards it. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Our fans going to go out and buy it. Will you go and buy it, Paul? I must admit, I'm in, I'm in two minds. Whether to I'm, buy them all over again. This is, this is, I mean, this is the problem, isn't it? Is 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 I, you know, but I am, I have to say, tempted by some of the extras. Yeah, to, same here, same here. Yeah, I, I, I rush mm, out and buy it as soon as it comes out. Or not? No, I don't think I'll be doing that. I don't think I'll be doing it's that so thing, much. But. but um, 
But the other thing as well, you've got we got this. What thing I, I sort of think a lot of people have picked up on is it's it already it's got the new Doctor Who logo, yeah, on the on the packaging. Um, I always thought that you know I know it's sort of difficult with, with, with brand and they got to put that on there because that's the that's the how they identify. Oh, I hate that identify the brand that is Doctor Who. But um, I always want to see the Diamond logo and anything to do from the seventies. Yeah, you you sort of want it to be the. The logo it was under, yeah, when they was made. I mean, but the fact is, I mean, if you if you do look at that, it does look as if it's meant to be on your shelf in order, doesn't it? When you look at the spine, yes, it does, doesn't it? So maybe as there's if more. We're suddenly mm. going to get a completely re plan is to completely re-release everything by series. Yeah, I think they'll probably see how this how this goes because I think Tom yeah. from the classic series, Tom Baker's probably the most popular. So yeah. it's this is a... and, and, and to be honest, when you look at what was series twelve, oh god, it's yeah, not a bad. No, well, apart from <laughs> Revenge of the Cybermen, baby, but <laughs> yeah, but, but the rest what, of it though, yeah, new special effects for that, isn't there? Apparently so, but um, hmm, we'll see, we'll see. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure it's going to make me want to rush out and buy it immediately, buy it. like like yourself. No. But um, yeah, I can. No. I think but, I, I think I can wait. But I you can, can see. It, you can see if, if if they're trying to tempt the people, they're trying to tempt people into a to getting older. Who new fans mm. to buy an older Who? This would be a quite a good starting off point. Yes, it would be for them. When you look at what what series they get, what episodes yeah. they get. Well. It, you wouldn't well, think it would put off anybody. No, trying to explore. I would have thought so. Interested. No, it's, as you say, it's, it's a good, it's a good jumping-off point. Mm. It really is. It really is. Okay, then. Well, now talking about sort of tempting the fans to part with their money, it's time for Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets. Now, um, you discovered this uh, piece of unique tat, and it is unique. This one, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's exclusive anyway. It's exclu- <laughs> and a limited stock of 50. Yeah. Yes. Uh, would, would you like to um, announce this to the waiting world? It's a Scribble Art Kiss Lock bag. <laughs> and it's exclusive now, to the Who shop in the UK. Yes, it is. stock of just 50 available with a detachable shoulder strap included with this item. Now, if I think if you're in any doubt whether to purchase this or not, I think you just saying detachable shoulder strap there. That's just sold it for everybody, Paul. Everybody, everybody's gone for it, haven't they? Exactly, exactly. Um, I don't know why only 50 units. I'm assuming these must be handmade or something. Um, yeah. But um, I don't know actually how, how big this bag is. Um, but it's £49.99. Oh. Um, which seems rather expensive, to be honest with you. <laughs> what, for a bag? You just... I, I, I've got no idea what the going rate is for a, for a, a, a kiss lock our, bag. To be our last kiss lock bag. <laughs> well, I never realised that particular kind of. Um, I, was, I thought it was a fastener was called a kiss lock. I thought it was called a yes. clasp, to be honest. Yes. But um, yeah, okay. Well, looking at it, at least a kiss lock I think is better than a ball fastener. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, really, Paul, isn't it, really? <laughs> I think probably one of the things that sort of drew my eye to this is, is the fact that it's exclusive to the Who shop. Yes. Which, if people who don't know, is in Barking Road. 
yeah, which Park, is which is just an odd location for it at the best of times. And seeing as probably the two things that take up most of my free time when I'm not <laughs> at work were <laughs> were both at Upton Park. It was, a, was it was a very odd experience. Yes, also, happy, also happy odd happy now that the only thing that remains at Upton Park is the Who shop. <laughs> Well, well, that's going to say because the match days didn't exactly um, bring the punters in, did it? To the Who shop, no, it's the wrong audience completely. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they don't. They don't look at the fact that the the football club's gone and think, "Bam, here goes our our buyers." Oh God, yeah, that, that is just. It's, you're right. It's such a weird location, and I, I, again, I can't see many. Um, Harry Hammers fans going to buy a scribble art kiss lock bag either. So. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. But you they, never know, they, do you? Know, say, can, can you fit your program in there? <laughs> Maybe that's what they're going <laughs> to. Fed up carrying my program. It's too big to fit my coat pocket. Ooh, <laughs> a kiss lock bag. <laughs> She's in the window. <laughs> Shoulder strap. That'd be lovely. Hey, it's detachable as well. <laughs> I can sling that over the shoulder and run onto the pitch for me corner flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, there you are, folks. So if, if you want to order it from the Who Shop, there's only 50 units available. They could have all sold out by the time we, we, we brought this to you. So, um, yes, yeah, so you can find that. Uh, if you want to buy it or want to look at it, it's at thewhoshop.com. Yes. So, yeah, so if we, if, we're, if we remember, we'll put it up on the Facebook group as well. Okay, everybody. So that's it for the news and tack corner for this week. So coming up next, our review of the target novelisation of Doctor Who and the Sea Devils. So for another week, then, that was the news. Okay, everybody, uh, we're going to talk Target now. And as we said earlier on, we're going to talk about Doctor Who and the Sea Devils. Um, this one was written by Malcolm Hulk, adapting his own script, TV script, I should say, and was released in October 1974. Now, as I said at the beginning, um, this is one of my favourite Doctor Who stories. Um, I've always really, really enjoy watching this one. Um, and I... Cause I, I one of the main things I loved the score to the Malcolm Clark score. So, um, so as I was yeah. reading this, the Malcolm Clark score was was in my mind all the time. Um, I, I say, what is this one of your favourite stories as well, Paul? It is, yeah, yeah. Okay, it so is. we're both coming from this from the, the same the same angle. Then, um, although, however, although I do have to say that I think the the TV uh, series episodes are quite ripe for a commentary. I think they might be, yes, because um, we might be having a commentary coming up soon hmm. in the next few months if we get our, our timings right. So maybe, maybe we'll do this one as it's fresh in our memory. But um, anyway, back to the book. So um, as we said, we we both like this this story on, on the TV and um, reading the book, it changes things completely right from the off. Really, doesn't it? Um, well, you get a bit, uh, a bit more expansion on the the ship that sinks at the beginning. A bit more expansion. I actually realised that the end of the first episode of six on the, t- yes. on the TV series is a third of the way through the book. 
It is, isn't it? Um, and and I've I've got to be honest with 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 this, and I, I, I've made plenty of notes with this. I was making notes all the way through as I was because I was watching an episode, reading the book, watching an episode. So I was, I was keeping up with myself. <laughs> he must have been. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, it, it was I was, as you say, the, fa- the fact third way through the I book was yeah. just literally a shock when I saw. I hadn't realised. I hadn't in my memory. I hadn't realised that the the first episode. The, the book covered that much before the end of the first episode. Yeah, yeah. It was like, um, when I'm watching it on TV and I suddenly think to myself, we've got to this quick. What are they finished the rest of it with? I know, this is the thing, because as I said, it's adapted by Malcolm Hulk from, from the, the, the TV show, and he usually turns in really, really good target novelizations, Malcolm Hulk, and he, and he really does um, expand on characters and plot. And, yeah. But in this one, though... Um, it's radically different in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of scenes are missing as well um, from well, the book, and well, I don't I, think it. I don't. Th- I don't think it's for the better either. On this occasion, really? Yeah. I. Oh, I yeah, I didn't think it was. I, yeah, I didn't think it was, it was for the better. Because I'm coming at this totally the other way. I absolutely right. love the book now. Really? TV. Yeah. Well, I, I think for, for the, one of the reasons you highlighted at the beginning there is that at the end of the third, the first episode is the third of the book. Yeah. And the rest of it is just skipped through. Um, this was an, I found this incredibly quick to read. Yeah, I and, know. And, and you think it's a, it's a six-episode story, this one. So you expect it to be a little bit longer. I know they're sort of, the, they're sort of shortened down because they're predominantly aimed at, at children to read. Um, yeah. you know, back in the day. Um, but as you say, he spent so long setting up the first episode. And the rest of it is just the the running five episodes are just skipped through. So you you, you, you lose things like um, the clangers scene yeah. is missing. You get the scene with the two oil riggers. So you, you he spends a lot of time setting up characters... Um, on the ship at the beginning, which I'll come back to in, in in a minute, which which is the opening of um, episode one, and the two oil riggers, you don't get any interaction with them. It just cuts to the Doctor and Joe land on the oil rig, and the larger of the of the two oil riggers attacking the Doctor. Yeah, without any precursor to actually what what sent him mad, basically, or a bit you know, gone off the rails. No, um, I actually quite like that because then it built built up to the. I mean, obviously, having read the, having seen it before, I knew what what the the tension was. I mean, the, actually, actually, the way I found myself feeling about this was not so much that Malcolm Hulk adapted his script for a book, mm. was that, that John Pertwee adapted his script for a TV show. Well, this is the thing. This is the thing. I, I I'm struggling with this one. I'm struggling to figure out whether this the book version. Is what Malcolm Hulk originally yeah, I think intended, so, totally. yeah. Or what was on the TV was real because the the Clangers thing, what obviously wasn't something that was made up on the spot. That had to be thought out. Yes, really. So, so, someone, someone yeah. thought that. I mean, but there, there, there's so much humour trying to be pushed into the the TV. Mm. Perhaps I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, because you've got the clangers and the oh, some like this, some life form. Yeah. Whatever. You've got the 
the various the two times we have jokes regarding a sand with sandwiches. <laughs> well, the, I'll, I'll come to one, one of them in a minute. Yeah, right, yeah. But, but the whole the whole sword scene is there for Pertwee to. Well, I was going to say that, that yeah, that is the only thing that makes more sense in the book because why would there be a load of swords? Hanging up in the corridor outside the master's prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, you can understand if this was supposed to be an ancient castle, but you'd have thought that someone would have thought, "Shall we remove the weapons from round by the cell of the <laughs> inmate?" The trouble is, though, it, it was it that scene which is so iconic. Yeah, um, and it was replaced with something rather perfunctory, with with the the uh, the master holding the doctor at gunpoint. Yeah, um, as I say, it's it's over so quickly. You know, so um, yeah, but I don't know. But would the sort of scene would would that fight have worked without the visuals of Pertwee? Oh, probably not. No, so probably I can understand not. why you don't put it in. It only, really only works with him. There's other bits that I get the feeling are there because they got the navy to do it. Yeah. The hovercraft. Oh, the hovercraft is, is gone. That's completely excised, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But you suspect that wasn't in the original script, and when they turned up at the base, someone said, "Oh, you're going to use the hovercraft." Well, I've, like, I've yeah. well, I've got a funny thing that's probably done for reasons of cost, because I think to to float a hovercraft out to sea than than put a helicopter up in the sky is probably is going to be a lot cheaper. I feel actually. So. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I suspect they had a hovercraft and they didn't have a helicopter. Was the well, I would have well, considering that, that, that the full cooperation of the, of the navy, I would, I would have thought that they might have been able to rustle up something. But probably, most of them were probably SC rescue. So, um, yeah, yeah it's probably, probably it's not. Pro- probably more difficult to do. I mean, the whole point about the fact that it's not a an oil, oh, rig, I, but oh, the, actually, no, I'm wrong. There, SC rescue was actually, I think, back then was probably more to do with the RAF. Than the Royal Navy, yeah. So mm, you, I'm not totally sure on that. But that was just stock footage. That helicopter. Oh God, yeah. Because they don't show it in any uh, relation to them, do they? No, anything no. That's... So I suspect that's what it was. I suspect they didn't get. A, they couldn't get a helicopter, but they could get a, a hovercraft. Plus, if they set up a nice little scene with them storming the beach at the end, didn't it? So yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. But I think yeah, because because something else that obviously Malcolm Hulk wouldn't have known when they wrote this was they was going to get a load of extras from the from the Royal Navy, Navy that yeah. wanted to be in on the telly. <laughs> well, if I they think, said, I've... you know, the, I think in the the making of on the TV, they say, you know, yeah, we we couldn't believe that suddenly what we had was as many extras as we needed. Hmm. Well, I think I think this is the, the thing because the, all the scenes we've just spoken about there on, from from the TV version, everybody remembers, and I think that yeah. that's that's my my issue. It's probably my you know my personal issue with this because um, I, because it's so ingrained in my memory this particular story to 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 not read those scenes um, in any shape or form um, in the book. It's not as if they're slightly different; they're just not there. Um, I, f- I found a little bit sort of disheartening, really. If I'm honest with you, um, I mean some of the things he did, but I think it's the speed in which the rest of the story is just kind of just skipped through. As you say, it takes so long to get through to the end of the first episode. 
in the book, yeah. and the rest it just goes bang, it's it's done, it's through. Um, Maybe, but, but, but it's typical and, 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 and there's one, and there's though, a, isn't it? Because oh. we get we get the whole, you know, should the taxpayer be paying for this? Should we have capital punishment? Which is actually, when we say this is a children's book, mm. this is actually interesting that this stuff's being put out there, and it wasn't actually too judgmental either on one side or the other. Uh, no, no, it wasn't, was it? I think it was actually a reasonably balanced argument for both. Well, not for both, but probably saying, probably arguing against both was was more a more a thing. Yeah, was more of a the, thing. But the, the, the only, the only, I'd say, you know, you said this is from the pen of Malcolm Hulk. Um, as you said at the beginning, the the scene on the ship, which of in on the TV, it just starts with under attack, really, um, and in the book. It's vastly expanded upon. You get to know a few more of the crew members. However, calling, the, you know, I think the the only black character in the book, the Jamaican, yeah, and the only other, <laughs> and the only person from um, Liverpool, what you call it, the Scouse. Um, it's a little bit off putting in in under modern eyes, anyway. Put it that way. The but, o- the only thing bad it was that they did actually. He does actually say that he was actually from Barbados. Yeah, and you know, so it was just like you know, there was a, a just a general, which which which, La- which was the seventies. I'm afraid it, it was lazy, been... lazy generalizations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I suspect if you'd have had a boat in the seventies with that sort of crew, that's what they would have been called. More than likely, it just, it just seemed a bit coming from him though, knowing what his politics were. Yeah, if you see what I mean. But I think I think he was even saying, "Look, this is a generalisation." Possibly because, because, it, because he it, it goes just on the to fact say, that, "No, he wasn't even actually Jamaican." But the thing is, he bothered to give the other characters names, and he didn't. These people, if he said, "I was," you know, Bert Scroggins, known as the Jamaican, or you know, he didn't even give him a name. Same with the mm. Scouse character; he just called the Scouse. Yeah. You know, so it it just surprised me knowing it was Malcolm Holt that that wrote the book. That was that's that's the point I'm trying to I'm trying to make there. But but as you say, you talked about the the capital punishment thing there. It, it goes on later on and said about the doctor pleaded with the courts to spare the master's life. Yeah, I mean that's very Pertwee's doctor. Yes. You know to to you know to to do that um, up and against the establishment. In, you know, to basically fill in the blanks of. Of what happens between the demons and this. Yeah. Because we know he's captured, we know he's a prisoner, but we don't... In, on the TV, you have no idea if he's even had a trial. No, that's right. That's right. But they didn't just lock him up and throw away the keys and yeah. everything and quiet. But, but it was think... actually that there, he was this. Yeah. But I think the thing that's... I think the, I think the only thing that sort of overdoes the whole master thing... Um, it's sort of like when it, when it, the the doctor and Joe leaving him after they first visit him in the prison, um, and sort of talk about the master giving up his tardis, which he won't he won't do, um, and then wiping a tear from his eye when they left. And I know the the master's just play acting here, but I thought that was a little bit overdone. I can't huh. imagine Delgado's master pretending to cry, really. Uh Oh, I don't know. 
I just thought that was overdone a little yeah. bit. I thought leading up to that, it, it was fine. He was sort of like, it's very conciliatory and everything, but that bit was a little bit, oh no, that's that's just gone a bit too far with the with the master trying to, you know... Yeah. I mean, you know, with his redemption or whatever you want to call go, it. Go, yeah. Going back to the, sorry, going back to the, 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 the boat bit at the beginning. Mm. I mean, I thought what was good about that was it just sort of really set that the Sea Devils were not into taking prisoners. Oh, no. The the fact that they they then basically, having destroyed the ship, then killed the people that got into lifeboats as well. Yes, exactly, yeah. I thought was really good, because you don't get that in the show. You just get, A, that they vanished, Mm. and that there's a lifeboat found. Yeah. With scorch marks, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. That. Yeah, actually, what they was doing was was burning the lifeboats with the with the uh, with the survivors in it. In, yeah, yeah, survivors in it. Yeah, yeah. The the other thing as well as it was different was the whole thing with the um, the doctor um, taking Mister Robin's boat. Yeah, and Joe taking the the boat. Yeah, they they just outright stole them. Um, I prefer the thing in the t- the TV show where he bribed him, basically, often a few quid to borrow his boat. Um, yeah, and then, then she does the, to yeah. Um, the bike. But, but then you had the, the the thing with the the local constable going to see Captain Hart at the, the, the naval base, um, which it was added in the book, but it didn't seem to add anything to the plot, really, did it? Because it was no. just sort of all forgotten about at the end of it, really. I suspect um, that, again, was somebody... It wouldn't surprise me if it was Pertwee saying that you can't have the Doctor stealing stuff on Saturday night TV. Probably. Probably. Yeah. So, it's much better that he bribed. Well, it's not even a question that he's actually bribing him, because supposedly it's Robin's boat, so all he's doing is paying him to allow him to take his boat. Mm. It does come across as if he's bribing him, though, doesn't it? It does. It does look like, yeah, so the way he's sort of rubbing it between his thumb and forefinger, you know. (laughs) There's no, no, you know, negotiation as to how much he wants to let him have, let him borrow his boat. It it is basically like, you know, you stick this, I'll stick this in your pocket and we'll say no more about it. Little tap of the nose, yeah. But yeah, but I, reckon, I, I suspect that was written as as the doctor stole the the boat and Joe steals the the bike and then somebody yeah. at some point turned round and said, "No, we can't have that on a mm. we can't have the the two people from Unit stealing stuff, the doctor and Joe stealing stuff, mm. basically going joyriding in a boat." And a yeah, bike. exactly. Yeah, and, and it's a motorbike rather than a a bicycle. Yes, well. it is as well, isn't and it? Upgraded that, and the fact they took out the walking up to the to the chateau, they're just picked up straight away on the TV. That's right, they? they are, aren't they? Yeah. Up there. no, I was going to say the, the passes and the and, and the bureaucracy of it all. Yeah, exactly. And also in that 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 walk scene, as you say in the book, you get the Doctor patronising Joe quite a bit as well. So yeah. <laughs> again, typical Pertwee. Yeah, I think I the guess- other yeah. Um, the Trenchard character um, is sort of fleshed out more on the bar. I think it's probably one of the, the more successful things in this because you you really do sort of get a sense that he, in his private moments in his office, he's beginning to realise he's in over his head. Yeah, I mean, in, with in this the one. TV, in the TV 
TV series, you're really not sure whether he's just been hypnotised or not, are you? No, exactly. Whereas exactly. actually in the book, you do realise it's just the Doctor is just playing on his weaknesses and, and his patriotism. You mean the master playing on his... Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Pertwee would do exactly the same so, thing. <laughs> you know, to, yeah. to, to basically but, get him to do what he wants. But that that sort of, you know, in the book as well, the, the, the master... Uh, I'm doing it now. Um, the master tells Trenchard who he is, where he's from, etc., etc., um, which Trenchard seems to... It all, I think there's that point, what have I got myself into here? Yeah. Um, um, and the bit where he pulls the, the the service revolver out of his um out of his desk drawer and it's all to do with that he was determined to sort of you know to uphold his family name because he sort of failed sort of like generations of you know of trenchards in the military yeah never really amounted to anything but he sort of yeah, like, you, you get you get the feeling the, the, the undercurrents of the fact that he was he was the whatever commissioner or whatever of some uh, last outpost of the British Empire. Yeah, <laughs> that, that basically overthrew British Empire while he was there. You get the sort of feeling that it was actually because of him that they. <laughs> yeah, precisely. I think. I think the um. Actually, we're talking about that. Um, you mentioned sort of like about Malcolm wrote about um the bureaucracy, um at the at the time and the bit where Trenchard was trying to get through to the minister on the phone. Yeah. But was told by his secretary just to put it in writing; it'll be on his desk by tomorrow morning. Um, and I thought that that really was a sort of like a, a dig at the government bureaucracy, yeah, which I, I suppose still exists to this day, really. Um, but then he sort of thought about contacting Captain Hart, his friend Captain Hart, um, to tell him about the Sea Devils. But he just thought he, he, he's been wouldn't believe him; just be, he's been stupid. Um, well, silly. it wasn't even so uh, much that, was it? It was the fact that. He could tell someone at the ministry that he'd been an idiot. Yeah. But to actually tell his friend... He couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. To have to admit to his friend that it was all his fault it was too much for him. Yeah. He, he and then he's, 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 his death is also different in the book as well, because he, yeah. he didn't he doesn't even get to um, get a shot off, does he? No. Because he's left the safety car. You get the he's scene a- where the doctor actually finds him and... Un, yeah, undoes the safety catch. Yeah, so, so he, that nobody he, else knows that. Yeah, he didn't die fighting. He he died still being protecting the empire. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in the TV, basically, he sends someone else off to to try and warn everyone else while he tries to hold them off on his own, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and takes a few with him as he was. As, as, that's what he wanted as to do. Was his, as was his plan was in the book. Exactly. Yeah, it just didn't quite work out like that. It's no. quite a dour ending for the character, really. Um, yeah. I know he, he, well, either way you look at it, the character gets killed. But I think this one, he, he doesn't sort of die with any dignity whatsoever, does he? No. No. <laughs> he really doesn't. Um, it just, just does come across as an idiot to the end, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. It's... Yeah. Which is, um, I think that's, as I say, that's one of the more successful. Um, Things in this anyway. Well, I mean, but, actually, um, actually, actually the, the whole, the whole of you, you almost get his inner dialogue all the way through the book, don't you? Yeah. Which I you think do. Really yeah. does work well. Yeah. Because because it does differentiate between him just being 
hypnotised and a puppet of the master. Mm. And being wrong. <laughs> yeah. For one for, for, for of that phrase. Yeah. Yeah, it was totally you know? wrong. Yeah. So, and I I've, think that really works. Whereas, I, yeah, like I say in the book, in the book it's really only when they're, when the Doctor and Captain Hart are kneeling over his body mm. that they talk about the fact that you know, you get the feeling, oh, perhaps he wasn't hypnotised because they do say what was his... His weakness, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah his, his biggest Patriotism weakness. and, yeah, yeah, sense of duty and all that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's all there. Um, but as you say, you sort of think, mm, yeah, it, has he been hypnotised? You're, you're never completely sure until that moment, really, are no. you? But, uh, I'll say the other scene that's different as well um, was the minefield scene yeah when, when they're on the beach um i mean for a start you get six sea devils in the book instead of one but i say well that but it is a book after all you could you could increase yeah. your cast if you want to can't you um and no abseiling yeah. no abs- abseiling down to the beach budget, budgeting constraints in a book you're in trouble yeah <laughs> well so there's no abseiling either um no. again you sort of think yeah that's a pertwee thing yeah, just to the, the, you know the man of action, and and, and wasn't there in, in, watching the talking about the making of it and that wasn't he supposed to water ski as well at some stage? He was supposed to, yes, he was. Yeah, I watched the making of before I watched. That. Yeah, <laughs> before I started reading this, um, yes, he was supposed to water ski um, for whatever reason that was um, that was called off, but. Um, wasn't it because there was there was fog or something? So they lost two days shooting. Something like that, yeah. So, yeah but so I think that the, the, the thing about the, the minefield, though, in the book, he's blowing up mines as they're walking across the minefields, which doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. I prefer the, again, prefer the TV version, and um, which he's just using it as a his sonic screwdriver, like a mine detector, yeah, rather than, rather than to set off mines, which he does against the Sea Devil in the, on the TV and in the book as well, yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I just thought it was a bit that was a bit daft, sort of blowing up um, mines as you're walking towards them. <laughs> Probably wasn't the best thing to do in the world, but no. But, oh, um, and, you, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you don't get the doctor's dramatic diving onto the barbed wire. No, you don't. Across as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which he apparently put, he sort of bruised a couple of ribs doing as he landed on his sonic screwdriver, didn't he? Yeah. Ah, um, oh, we've all done that. <laughs> but I think another thing, um, Joe, in this, get, I think, gets a bit short shrift in the book as well because um, at one point she's sort of very, very dismissive of Captain Hart, and at one point even calls him stupid, um, which is not very Joe-like, really. Um, and then the bit where she uses her ingenuity to pit the locks on the Doctor's handcuffs and helps the Doctor knock the guard out. When he's when he's um, handcuffed to the chair in the, in the master's cell, that's all. All exchanged for the doctor doing it all. Yeah, she she just uh, uses a file to cut through the chain, doesn't she? Yes, right. Yeah. So he then can take them off. Yeah. So, which I think was a, I think Joe's a little bit shortchanged in the book. But especially seeing her honest. character is supposed to be something to do with. Escapology and all that, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. She learned uh, that it's usually like in a few stories later on, isn't it? Where she yeah. she picks a lock or something. Yeah. Um, is it Frontier in Space? 
I can't remember now. But I think, you know, it, it's something that's established quite yeah. early, I think. With it is, yeah. 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 So, yeah, it did, did seem strange then that they didn't use it. It wasn't used in the book because it was, wasn't something going to be something new for her to have done. Yeah. I think the um, and the other sort of character we, we mentioned previously, the master, um, he's a lot more ruthless in the book. I found as well. We go back to the minefield um, scene again. Yeah. In the, in the book, he's he's a lot more vocal. Uh, you know about the the sea. There was why is why aren't they attacking? And he calls them sort of ugly and stupid. And and he's sort of, sort of very sort of very very. Um, Sort of dismissive of, of the sea devils as a species, and later on when he when he's the doctor, um, it was the ghost with the sea with the sea devils later on. Um, that's done very very quickly in the book as well. That's almost done in a couple of lines. Yeah. Um, but then the, you get the master willing the, the the chief sea devil to to kill one of his own to send to the surface after they start depth charging. Um, the yeah. sea devil base. Um. So yeah, it was, which I think yeah. the, the, the chief sea devil actually to, yeah. does, doesn't he? Yeah, because you get that he he died in vain. He was killed yeah. in vain. Because there yeah, so many... yeah, yeah, because there's, there's that bit, isn't it, when the master says, base basically says, "I'll you know, let one of your dead float to the surface." Yeah, the chief says we haven't got any dead. And the master looks around the room at the other sea devils and said, "I'm sure it can be arranged." Yeah, I know. It's just wow. Yeah, I'm not so, <laughs> quite quite ruthless. Quite ruthless. But, yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I don't necessarily dislike that in a. I mean, that that was actually the fact I found, and probably why I like the books. I thought actually, the TV stuff did just push it. Some bits of it just pushed it too far. I know the clangers is an iconic scene, but it's and the sword fight's an iconic scene as well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they're a bit. But yeah, that's the thing. Okay. But that's the but that's the thing. It's very, they're Saturday very, night entertainment. Yeah, and but it's very very third doctor. Yeah, those kind of scenes. But um, like I say, you know. But whereas as a story, I just enjoyed the book more than I did the. Well, there, there's another thing that, that that sort of goes against the Doctor's character in the book, um, and that's actually the the scene where the Sea Devils capture the um, capture the submarine. There's a gun battle in the book which doesn't appear whatsoever yeah. um, on the on the TV version, um, and it's almost like they're helping the Sea Devil yeah. to get to where he's going in, in the TV uh, version. But in this it's sort of like it's a hostile takeover. But when they ca- recapture the sub, when they first break out of the cell, um, Ridgeway, Captain Ridgeway, Commander Ridgeway, I should say, um, shoots a Sea Devil in the back. And then and then kills another one on the sub, and the doctor doesn't object to either of them. Yeah. But on the TV, when they break onto the submarine and he kills the the sea devil that's been distracted by the sailors playing games and faking illness, that's another scene cut as well. Um, it's yeah, it, it, it just he just shoots them in, in sort of like in cold blood, and there's no objection from the doctor at all. And it, but in the in the, the TV, the doctor, there's no need to do that. You didn't have to kill him. Does, doesn't in the book actually the doctor kill a sea devil himself, shoot a sea devil himself mm. on the way to free the? I think that he does. But in the in the book on the TV, he just sort of steps over a body, doesn't he? He does, yeah. 
which I think is whether they actually filmed the Doctor shooting the Sea Devil there, and then somewhere then along post production, yeah. someone says, "No, I'm not having the Doctor shooting anybody there." Yeah, it could be. I mean, you know, to be honest, though, Pertwee's Doctor did shoot enemies. I mean, if you look at Day of the Daleks, he, oh, he, he, co- take, what, what, he takes well, his that, fair that, few ogrens out, doesn't he? He does. Well, they they corrected that, didn't the special edition, didn't they? Yeah. So they, I think I think even then they admitted it was a mistake to have the Doctor yeah. do that. So, so you know that I'm not necessarily I'm not sure that was necessarily something from the book that didn't happen. They did seem to correct it for the TV here. Yeah, but I suspect it was in the original script. Yeah, that that happened. The um. I think the other character is Minister Walker, um, who's even more of a pig in in the book. To be yeah. honest, we, we we go from breakfast to a scene where he's just finished off a cold collation uh, yeah. with wine <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> but he does turn in the TV because when he turns up, he's ordering his breakfast, his bacon exactly. eggs, and all that. And then then he's saying, "This is a lovely lunch." On well, the I think TV. You- the book you don't see him. You there's actually no, see him eating. No, you do. Yeah. Um. The, the the book there's no sort of description of his arrival. No. Into onto the, onto the base. He's just there when he's when Captain there, Hart yeah. gets he's back. Take, he's just basically taken over his desk as a dining table. The basically yeah. Um. And the the sweet sharing scene as well. Yeah. You know especially I have to spe- to my taste. especially made to my taste. You wouldn't like them. So. <laughs> but um. Yeah, that was just sort of again. It was it was probably a character I thought Malcolm Holt would have gone to town on hmm. more more so in the book, but he's he's it's he doesn't have any more impact than he does in on no, the TV he's, version. He's just made him honest. a total pig, hasn't he? Like, he has, yeah, an absolute pig. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, no, yeah, he's not. He's, not, he's te- to to be fair to him, he didn't make him necessarily stupid. He just made him self interested. Yeah. A pig, another yeah. <laughs> and the interesting thing, of course, in getting back to the Doctor's reaction and whatever, because in the book, um, getting back to the submarine being sent, yeah. In the book, he he says to Captain Hart, "Good, good to see you're doing something." Mm. He says it when he says he's, and in the TV, he says, "You idiot!" to him. Because he sent them to be captured. That's right. Yeah. So interesting to know whose decision that was to change that because it's it's totally two different. Oh, it's a completely by the yeah, doctor. totally different, totally different. And I don't know whether you know that was was, was it changed for the TV? Was was it in the scripts and changed for the TV or it was that Malcolm Hulk's thoughts afterwards that actually sending a Submarine was would have been the right thing to do. Hmm. Did someone contact him after it could after have done. gone out? Say from the navy saying, "I don't see how you can say that was a stupid thing to do." That would have been standard Stan- practice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, standard procedure. So, I think the, the other the other thing that stood out for me was the death of the chief sea devil. Got a bullet to the bullet to the brain, as it yeah. says, um, in there, and it which was quite. Um, Quite graphic. It didn't go overboard with the, with the graphic detail, but just the way he, he sort of described, he didn't reach the end of his sentence because was it <laughs> Chief P Officer so and so 
fired a bullet from his point three oh three, whatever, which 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 sort of like sort of like shattered his brain or something. It was so along those words, wasn't it? Um, a, 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 a Royal Naval rating or whatever you'd never heard of or, or before see, in the see book. See now, if he just and, called him Jock, you'd have remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> Jock. Paddy or Taffy. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have been fine. You'd have remembered that. Because he actually gave him a name, you can't remember who he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But the, my, my, fin- my final note I made on this um, is, is, is the end where, what we said previously, um, they, the Doctor and the Master, when they float back to the surface, they get rescued by a helicopter, not a, hel- uh, a hovercraft. Yeah. There's no description in the book of the master collapsing. No. It just cuts to an ambulance waiting, and then it says, "Oh yeah, uh, the, the doctor." That's why I radio ahead um, for for the ambulance. And that was a that was like a it was like you you put a jump cut into a book. Yeah. And I couldn't understand why that bit was missing. No, I mean I, I, mean, I suppose I mean in the TV it's it's for. There was something. There's something in the making of where they talk about not having enough time to do what they was going to do, mm. and they had to rewrite it there and then. And whether they cut stuff that Malcolm Hulk had written, and Malcolm Hulk got upset about it, so thought in the book, I'm just going to cut it completely. Well, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Because it's it's an odd thing to cut. Yeah. It's a very Cause, odd cause, thing cause, to cut. In the making of, the, the, sure, I can't remember if it was Terence Dix or Barry Lett says about, you know, mm. Pertwee comes to them and he's all flustered because they don't think they're going to be able to get the scene done in time. And oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, I remember, yeah, it was Terence Dix he's saying because the Pertwee job it was a warrior. Yeah. So whether they did change it or cut whatever, and. Um, Malcolm Hulk's reaction to that in the book for the book is I'll just cut it all completely then. Well, I mean the one thing that was cut from the book was was the was the mask thing put on the the yeah. um the Royal Navy guy on the stretcher. Uh which makes a lot more sense because it was just a blanket over his face. It was just, he was just sent out as a as a corpse basically where they found yeah. him um underneath. So um and the, and the master takes off a helicopter rather than a hovercraft at the end. Yeah. You know, well, 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 it sort of makes more sense. Apart from the fact that means the master must be carrying around a few selection of masks himself. Exactly. I, I think that one, that's one of the things the book gets right. Yeah. Really. Because I think um, it made more sense that they'd be just carrying out what was everyone presumed was a corpse because he died. Yeah. And is then realised because the doctor pulls the... The blanket back. back, yeah, yeah, it's the guy from the helicopter, yeah, yeah. And again, yeah, they, I, I just don't believe they probably had a helicopter. <laughs> no, <laughs> was, the, was the was the reason, and they, and they had a hovercraft. And I suspect they thought, well, we don't get many. Ch- we, we've used helicopters before. We've used it. We don't get it, many chances to use a, a hovercraft. No, so. it does. It does make it more sea based, which is what you know, this story yeah. should be, really. Yeah. Although I suspect but, that it would have been easier to capture the doctor, the master escaping in a hovercraft than it would have been a helicopter. I think it would have been. Because <laughs> it ends really weirdly as well. The doctor is saying, well, that, we, we, we won't be seeing him again unless he wants us to. That was Along yeah. those sort of lines, which I thought was a bit of a, an odd way to finish the book, really. But, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I think on the on the whole, I, I'm, I'm not. You know, there were some good changes made, but then some things I, I can't explain why it was cut. You know, like the the thing with the master collapsing, for argument's sake. Um, as I say, it, it, it took so long to get through the first ep- televised episode, then the rest of it was just sort of skipped through. I think you're just really. upset because they removed, was, they removed some odd- a bit of your childhood. <laughs> they did, yeah. Oh, I think it's just some odd character beats in there as well, which yeah. didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I, I, I think so. actually what it does is, as a whole, it gives you a much more rounded book. I mean, we, we moan when we get a book that's just basically a... A straight writing of the script. Yeah, description of what you've seen on the telly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this I found interesting because there were differences. There were. Well, there, there bits were. That made... I mean, I'd, I'd, st- I'd I mean, still. I re- think watching it again now, I, I'm more interested in Trenchard as a character. Mm, yeah. Whereas he was just, to me, always just a bumbling idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,. I think now you sort of feel a bit more sorry for him because you realise that he's just somebody who's been—he's an idiot, but it, but he's somebody who's 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 had his all the right buttons or the wrong buttons pushed by the master. Yeah. To get him to that position, which is what which is exactly what the master does to yeah. people. So yeah. yeah. And actually, is more interesting of the master using somebody than just hypnotising him. Hmm. What I also liked about in the book that they didn't. Well, two two things actually. Getting back to that was, we're in the walk up to the chateau or the castle, whichever yeah you want to call it. Is the thing about the the signpost to the village that's disappeared into the sea? Mm-hmm. That's oh, what you get a little history nice... lesson on the way, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I thought was quite a nice touch. Yeah, and basically also the doctor being puzzled by the book. Why is he asking him about a book? Do you want another book? That's right. Yeah, you, you know where the doctor. You start to think actually the doctor has started to work out there's something not right here already. Yeah, the whole thing about the prison regulations—they're allowed up to three yeah. books at a time. Yeah, but again, that's, which, that's why sort of Trenchard tries to bluff his way out of it, doesn't he? So, yeah. which yeah. actually is not necessarily, which they probably couldn't use on TV because because he had like he had a basically a bookshelf, didn't he? He did. <laughs> and they say in the book, why not? You know, as soon as he's so opulent, why doesn't he have a... Why doesn't yeah, his he own library, library, basically, yeah. But they say, oh, the regulations are... Yeah, he sells a lot more opulent in the book, isn't it? Yeah. With separate rooms and everything, so... Although he does say that he wants a colour television through the bedroom. Oh, he does, isn't he? Yeah. So... Yeah, so we we do believe there is a, there is another TV, there is another room back there. <laughs> well, I think I mean I'd, I'd, I'd say to people, yeah, read, read. I know we're pretty spoiled for everybody, but I mean, I'd say definitely read it. I, I just don't think it's one of Malcolm Hulk's best novelizations. And and I'm going to totally disagree with you and say I absolutely loved it. <laughs> and I did think it was good, and I did I did really enjoy it. And yeah, my my shock was the fact that. How much was cut for the TV, really? <laughs> when he suddenly realized, I just hadn't quite. I mean, and then for me, it's the other way round. It's yeah. how much was cut from the book that was on the TV. So, yeah. Um, well, we, I mean, we, haven't, we haven't disagreed on, on something for a while, actually, have we? So. But, but that's, that, that's the limitations of Target, isn't it? Target novelizations is the fact that 
even at 100 this is this is a reasonably long one at 147 mm, pages that's still, right yeah it's still if 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 he wants to add something he's got to take something away mm. i just felt and he, he took too too much away really but and i don't know i i just wonder whether yeah he just wanted to put into the book he just wanted to put into the bits that uh, that had been dropped perhaps that he didn't want dropped and yeah maybe that, the stuff that was, was more happy. interesting to him as a yeah. writer really and, yeah. I, and, I'm, and i'm sure the the bit about you know the tax and capital punishment and the rights and wrongs of that was probably is probably more interesting to Malcolm Hope than, yeah, yeah. than the clangers and a sword fight. <laughs> Not to me, it isn't. <laughs> no, no. The way you put that across, it was like the clangers were having a sword fight. <laughs> 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 now that would have been interesting. <laughs> if he'd put that in the book, you'd have been happy. Oh, it would have been, yeah. <laughs> Giant clangor and the master over the sword fight. <laughs> that is good telly. <laughs> oh, should we leave that there then? Yeah, I think so. Let's leave it there. Okay, okay. We, we agreed to, to differ on this one. Yeah. So I say, that's been a while since we've done that. It really is. So, um,. What are we doing next? Are we are we back to our series one retrospective for our next we are, episode? Yes, we, are. we are. Are we up to Father's Day? Uh, yes, I think so. I think it's Father's Day. Yes, it follows. Dalek was the last one we did, wasn't it? So I yes. think it, it must be Father's Day then. So I think it is. Hmm. Oh no, it can't be. No, it's um, the follow up with Adam, isn't it? Oh, it's the space station one, isn't it? It's yes with. Simon Pegg and yes, the name of which the episode escapes me at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's that's quite embarrassing actually. But yeah, anyway, we're doing that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I wish I remember the bloody name of it now. Do you know what? I'm going to have to Google this now because this this is just too embarrassing. This is too embarrassing. Right, let's have a look here. Just talk amongst yourselves while I while I Google <laughs> live. And um, right here we go. Almost finds the episode list. This is so embarrassing. And it is the long game. Long game, yeah. It, it took us a long time to get there as well, didn't it? <laughs> it did, didn't it? <laughs> we. <laughs> Oh, it's, always, it's always if we set that up as a joke, really. But what it, it really wasn't, I, I literally did forget the name of that episode. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. We're doing the long game next. Damn, I thought I was hoping it was going to be Father's yeah. Day, actually, but oh, never mind. Yeah, no, because Adam's in it, isn't he? Yeah, I know. We've got to say goodbye to Adam first. Yes. So, oh, God. <laughs> that's, uh, why, that's why you've expunged it from your memory, isn't it? It is, actually. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's been expunged because it's got Adam in it, or because or because we're too, set, too tearful at saying goodbye, I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, you'll find out next episode, folks. Yes. <laughs> Okay then. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for another week then. So, until next time, everybody, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye.
listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who podcast alliance. Thank you.